0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is that Paleo show with your hosts Stephanie Wozelik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill.
1: Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozlick. I'm Dr. Yana James.
0: And I'm Dr. Brett Hill.
1: And this week we're talking about probably my favorite subject, <laughs> which isn't wheat and it isn't dairy and, and it isn't not anything controversial. else. It's not controversial. <laughs> well, I guess to some people it might be. It might but be. That's right. It <laughs> might create a riot. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about clearing out our pantries. And just before this episode, the three of us were commiserating or whatever we're going to call it about <laughs> our, our journeys of cleaning out our own pantries along this. And I just did another purge yesterday and it feels yes. so good. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Maybe some strategies to help you kickstart your paleo journey. Let's put it
2: yeah, that way. Nice. And so, you know, I've, you're probably all sick of me talking about my journey, but as we know, my journey started with an a a decision to try and lose some weight that was the first step of it but as I went through um learning more and more about healthy eating and making healthy lifestyle changes instead of a radical rash temporary diet I discovered a few things and one of the major players in my journey was the book um, why we get fat and what to do about it by Gary Taubes and he talked about the carbohydrate or insulin hypothesis of obesity Um, and so what I kind of realized from that is that Basically, everything I had in my pantry was a carbohydrate, pretty much not not entirely, but mostly like, you know, I had lentils and rice and spaghetti and, you know, all that stuff that stays on the shelf and lasts for ages. And what I kind of came to the conclusion of was if my pantry can store it for ages, so can my body. Um, whereas if it goes off really quickly, then my body will also get rid of it or burn it or use it really quickly. So I sort of transferred from having a pantry to having a fridge. And then I went to having, well, I had two shelves in my linen closet and I'd reclaimed the other five shelves cause our house actually didn't have a pantry and I used the, the linen closet for it. And the more and more I went through, the more and more the linen closet became a linen closet and the pantry <laughs> became a shelf in one of the cupboards where we used to store cups or something like that um and so now our linen closet just has all of our glass jars that's pretty much our pantry and then I do as Steph was pointing out I do have my naughty basket um (laughs) which I wouldn't even know what's in it I haven't looked at it for probably two years I think I think there might be some semolina and that sort of thing for when I have guests in town who don't do paleo but pretty much everyone around me now does paleo so I don't have to worry about that either I should just toss it I don't know why I'm hanging on to it
0: yeah (laughs) might get rid of it I think I think the need to clean out the pantry for me came for me from the realization that um, I don't have very good willpower. <laughs> so when the food's in the house, like I'm just hopeless. Like if I know that it's there, and if I've you know if I've particularly it's you know the times when you're really stressed, the time when you're really tired, which we know switches on that stress response and causes those cravings. And it's those times that you just you know if you know it's there, you know it's in the house, you're just going to run for it and grab it and, and do your worst. And so. Fortunately, what I realized was that my lack of willpower was nicely counterbalanced by my laziness. And so, what I realized was that if I actually didn't have it right there convenient for me, I was too lazy to go and get it. So, no matter how much I craved a chocolate bar at like 10 o'clock at night, if it just didn't exist, if it wasn't in my house, there's no way I was going to get up, get dressed, go to the car, you know, drive down. To the, you know, I just wouldn't do it. So... So I kind of realized that I could circumvent my lack of willpower, utilize my laziness, just clean out the pantry and make it a whole lot easier for myself. And it's a bit like the kind of idea of, you know, not shopping hungry or, you know, if you make the right decision when you're at the shops and, you know, if you make the right decision about what you actually bring into your house, then it's so much easier to make the right decision once it's into your house. Mm-hmm.
1: And one thing, when I moved to Australia, the stores are never open here. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Adelaide. That's okay, maybe, maybe, Adelaide. maybe Adelaide. So <laughs> moving to Adelaide, the stores are never open, which is actually really great if you're on a diet. <laughs> so there's no 24-hour Walmart that you can go do your entire grocery shop at at midnight and yeah, make yeah. terrible decisions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You should try Just, to be yeah. in the hills. It's even harder. We've yeah. <laughs> like one <I> was... <laughs> little corner deli. It's never open. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic.
2: Yeah, yep. definitely. So, Steph, you were saying you did a clean out again yesterday, and I, I had a similar one probably six months ago. So what were some of the things that you thought you'd gotten rid of or that you hadn't realized weren't quite... Um, as clean as you thought they were.
1: Yeah, so, look, I've probably done three pantry clean-outs, maybe, because yeah, I'm I moved, on par with that. So I moved house, got rid of so much stuff, like, that was awesome, that was a great <laughs> purge, but, you know, you still hang on to some things, like, I definitely yeah. still had all my flowers. <laughs> Why were you have- oh, i was just thinking I had
2: a curry powder that expired in, like, 98 when I was still living in Sydney, <laughs> I moved it down here with me. Anyway, sorry. Well, I my purged story. my house. <laughs>
1: But mostly, because I again laziness, I didn't want to move it at all, so yeah, nice. <laughs> I figured if I wasn't going to eat it, I shouldn't bring it with me. Mm. but um, so yeah, I did that purge maybe six months ago or whenever I made it I can't remember, but did another purge and and then yesterday, I still couldn't believe you know your your cupboard kind of gets messy and cluttery, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh, look at these raisins back here and or sultanas, and they were you know made with vegetable oil, and I was like, oh. I don't need that. What is with that? <laughs> like, and, and I actually yeah. had, and this is, I can't believe that I had it, but I actually had a bottle of vegetable oil in my cupboard, <laughs> yeah. which I couldn't believe I still had it. I, I mean, I've been against vegetable oil for quite a while now and I, yeah. you know, it's just another thing. They just hide go.
2: out back there, they just, Yeah. I swear. Because <laughs> you don't go to the pantry and they just get
0: hidden. Yeah, and I think it's just a good example of how you know this wellness journey is really a journey that, that as you go along, you, you keep learning more and more stuff mm-hmm. and you keep changing your beliefs and you keep changing your ideas around what's ideal and what's not ideal. And so it really is an ongoing process that you're constantly learning new stuff almost without realizing sometimes that it's almost like that, that pantry clean-out is like a little snapshot in time of going... Wow, like last time I cleaned out the pantry, I thought that was okay to keep. Yeah, (laughs) And so it just kind of reminds you of how far you've come and how much have you learned. So it's just a really good example of how that journey goes.
1: Yeah, for me, it was more of a fridge thing, actually. So I I purged a couple things from my pantry, but it was really the fridge that was holding a lot of things. Like um, I cook a lot of Asian food and I was hanging on to these like soy sauce, hoisin sauce, all sweet chili sauce, that kind of stuff that I would only use rarely, but... I kind of just decided it wasn't worth it. Like, yeah. Again, the rare amount that I would use it, I was like, it's not worth my fridge space. So I yeah. got rid of it all. Now yeah. I'll
2: never use it because I don't have it. Yeah, that's right. And I've done the same thing with my fridge too. But, I, you know, it, it, it's kind of like you were saying, it's a snapshot in time. It's kind of like we're archaeologists for ourselves are doing this little <laughs> dig in our pantry. I came across a basket that I had full of um, tinned vegetables, which to me just now sounds really horrific. But... I'd been hanging on to them and hanging on to them because I'm like, they're vegetables, they're paleo, that's fine, you know. And then Luke finally had enough of it. And he's like, what are we hanging on to this for? I'm apocalypse. like, but they <laughs> <Just in laughs> It was just case. until the end of 2012, December, whatever that day was. Um, so, you know, he's like, what are you hanging on to them for? What do you even cook with them? And I stood back and I went, oh, I used to cook curries and lentils and dals and things with that or I'd do a stir fry and put it with rice and noodles which I just don't cook anymore so that was like oh I was keeping it because the ingredients were healthy but what I was actually making out of it wasn't and I would have had to go and buy like you said the hoisin sauce and the other soy sauce and that sort of thing to make these foods with the stuff that was in the pantry that was probably out of date anyway. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And so I think the other thing about it is it's kind of a reflection of your like certainty and commitment to making the change as well. So sometimes we hang on to things because we think, you know, oh, that's not that bad. I'll keep it. I think other times we hang on to things because we go, oh, I know that's bad, but, you know, a little bit will be okay. Or, you know, I'll just, I'll just have a little sneak every now, you know. And so it kind of gives you a reflection of how much you you know you're giving this paleo stuff a little bit of a go or whether you've decided you're going to do paleo you know it's, it's that real difference there between sort of putting your toes in the water versus jumping right in and and what we know is that if you're just putting your toes in the water then it's a lot harder to make the change it's a lot you know once again you're relying so much more on your willpower to get it done rather mm. than just making it so much easier on yourself where when you've just decided that's what you're going to do I mean the classic is um for me was when I stopped drinking, you know, I'd given it a go about probably eight or 10 times. I you know, had little periods where I just wouldn't drink for a certain period of time, but when I decided that I was a non-drinker, that was a completely different headspace to me. All of a sudden it's like, well, no, I just don't drink. And, and that headspace change of having that certainty and making that commitment was a huge thing for me. So yeah. Stefano, you wanted to talk about the different paleo diet and that there's no one paleo diet.
1: Oh, I was. I just want to say something great first before that. So there's another podcast on the wellness couch um, called Love Life with Beck and Jane. And one thing one thing that they said about love but was that you actually have to make room for it in your life so you know if you're looking for a partner out there but your life is super super busy then you know you have to actually make room for that partner to be in your life and I think it's similar with food as well so by purging your pantry and your fridge and everything you've all of a sudden made room for all of these beautiful new foods and fruits and vegetables and stuff when you get rid of those boxes of cereal and pasta you just have so much more room and not to mention that you will go hungry unless you go get some <laughs> some fresh produce. But like Brett said, um, realistically, we're not hunter-gatherers. Uh, some of us maybe have been hunting once. Like a fishing. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, fishing. And I do forage in the garden that I've cultivated sort of thing. <laughs> but realistically, we live in a world with modern conveniences. And not everything that we advocate on this show is quote-unquote hunter-gatherer paleo like you would never just find a jar of coconut oil in the wild (laughs) Um,
2: I mean it's that thing as well that probably nothing that we have now is exactly as it was but we have stuff that is very similar and certainly a real food by far and away is so much more comparable to what our ancestors would have been eating than a processed packet food right so Hmm. it sorry to interrupt there but um, yeah, it,
0: and so I guess the you know the example there is if you look at you know the carrots that we have now, which are these massive orange you know high, relatively high carbohydrate mm-hmm. vegetables. You know compared to when you look at the you know the purple carrots that are much yeah. smaller, they're much more nutrient dense, they are not not as high in carbohydrates. Yeah, you know. nowhere
2: near as sweet. Yeah, you
0: see the same thing with the apples. You know we've actually we've got an apple tree at our house, and it's like a really it's like a, I don't know how old it is. I think it's like a hundred and something year old apple tree. It's been there since the house was first built. And the apples that we get off of that are just so different to the apples you get at the supermarket. They're so much more bitter. They're so much more kind of fibrous. They're nowhere near as sweet. They're nowhere near as gl- glossy. Starters. Um, <laughs> they're also not covered in wax and pesticides. They're not covered <laughs> in wax and pesticides. So, so they're actually just a completely different thing. And, and we actually love them. The kids get into them. We you know, do all sorts of stuff with them. Uh, but they're just different. They're, they're, it's a different food to what we would have had once upon a time.
1: But but we're not saying to not enjoy these modern conveniences no. either. I mean, it's just about getting the least or non-processed stuff and and building your meals around that.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's the point. All we're trying to say is that, you know, some people will be critical of the Paleo diet because they'll say, well, you can't do that. It's, it's different. You know, it's not it's not the same as what it was back then. And what we're saying is, well, yeah, we know it's not the same as what it was back then, but what we want to do is do the best with what we've got. And that's really what we're talking about, isn't it? Just using the, the best, freshest, most natural ingredients we can that are most congruent with our body, that are most congruent with our genetics to create the best diet we can in our modern lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and, and we also have heard accounts of Paleolithic people eating a few grains and legumes and stuff. But we also know that that would have been a last resort. I mean, they knew that that wasn't the easiest food to come by. It wasn't the easiest to eat or digest. And it really was in really hard times that they would have turned to foods like that. But we're not in hard times. Not at all. No, <laughs> Gallus always
2: talks about the um, feast or famine set in our brain, that, we're, that our brain is always feast or famine, feast or famine. Um, and so we're in a feast at the moment, but for some reason we're still sort of hardwired to think we're in a famine and eat everything you can get your hands on, which is not not really appropriate.
0: Yeah, well I think that would have made sense though, if you were in a hunter-gatherer period, you know, yeah. your period of feast isn't going to last forever, right? Yeah. So it's like your body is hardwired to say, hey, we've we'll got a period of feast here, stock up, because it might not last forever, You know, store that as fat, that would be a sensible thing to do. If you know that there's a long winter coming or a, you know, a drought season coming next year, then you want to have that extra you know, insurance there yeah. so that when that hard time comes, then you can do that. That, that makes perfect sense from an evolutionary perspective. The, the issue is in our modern society, certainly in the Western world, that that hard time never comes. You know, yeah. there, there's never a shortage of food. There's always a supermarket right down the road. Yeah,
2: and our body's still hardwired to think that there might be something coming up that we yeah. won't
0: have time for food.
1: Yeah, and we definitely know what our ancestors didn't eat as well. Like, they yeah. weren't eating microwave hungry man dinners and like <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry i really couldn't think of a better or worse example but <laughs> well, I
0: mean, you know the great example you're talking about like grains and legumes right i mean we know that if you're sitting there trying to process some grains with a mortar and pestle right there's no way you're going to be doing nine to ten serves of grains in a day right that just no. isn't going to happen particularly not when there's so many easier sources of food all around you like you might do that if you're desperate but but it's only going to be if you're desperate yeah mm-hmm. that's
2: right so let's um, talk about some principles of, of when you're starting to clean out your pantry. Um, so we want to have diverse foods, right? And it's certainly, you know, when I was being taught nutrition at uni, it was the... the what's the word? The tagline was eat a rainbow or something. I don't know. what yeah. It's not tagline that I'm looking for. But anyway, yeah. eat a rainbows, rainbow so that you're getting... I'm getting Steph's Canadian accent. Rainbow. <laughs> rainbow.
0: Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um, So that you're eating as many colors as possible, especially in your fruits and vegetables, and that way you're going to be ensured that you're getting a vast variety of nutrients, right? Um, So you've got your red foods, your capsicums, tomatoes, your yellow foods... Also, cashews, <laughs> <laughs> bananas. Um, you know, just go across the rainbow and see if you can get all of the colours into your food. And I know certainly purple carrots have been great for me with that because yeah. um, the purple vegetables are very high in antioxidants. So that's why we just love our purple carrots. They're just they're really yummy. And I, I prefer them because they're not as sweet as the orange ones. Um, which is kind of interesting. But anyway. And they look
1: really pretty on a flyer. Pl- they
2: platter. do. And they're a talking point. And people are like, what are those? And you're like, ha-ha, well, they're carrots, you know. I have, <laughs> I'm very special. I have these fancy carrots. Um, and, you know, it's a talking point, especially, you know, we were talking before about when we have guests over. We, Steph and I definitely make a real big effort to – do an awesome paleo meal and have it as close to 100% paleo as possible just to show that it's totally possible to have a meal that is amazing and well-rounded and healthy and good for you and nutritious.
1: Yeah, and your guests don't even notice that you forgot, I'm doing air quotes, to give them (laughs) them bread or (laughs) pasta or whatever because if your meal, like we've talked about, you can make a beautifully well-rounded meal and delicious and people will be full after, but the best thing is is that your guests aren't going to go home in a food coma, your evening will not end because everyone falls asleep on the couch. It's right. so like, right. you can have an right. awesome party and everyone will be upbeat and happy because none of them are going in these, like, carb comas. Yeah, Clever yeah. the board games, hey Steph. Oh my gosh,
0: yes. <laughs> yeah, and I know for us this year, you know, we were even able to do that with Thanksgiving. Like, we converted a lot of our Thanksgiving recipes into paleo yeah. recipes, and if, if you've ever been to our house for Thanksgiving, you know that a lot of those traditional recipes that Beck has have lots of honey and sugar and <laughs> wheat and they're just they're pretty full on so uh, so that was really cool to be able to convert a lot of those into some more made a
1: paleo pumpkin pie it that was, was pretty good was i good. must say must yeah be. but uh, another thing that i wanted to mention to and just going back to the historicalness of this all is just that um the paleo diet isn't one diet like we know the paleo period was over the entire world and it spanned different time periods in different continents and different areas of the world so again this is more of a framework it's more of just getting back to natural natural foods
0: yeah well even different seasons right because you're not going to have this even in the one location you're not going to have the same stuff available all year round you know there's going to be different seasons when different stuff's growing different stuff's blooming Um, So, your body's really designed to have that variety throughout the year, which is... And, you know, obviously the easiest way to get that is just to eat what's in season. You know, by going to the farmer's markets like Janot does, you're getting that fresh organic produce that's in the season at the time, and, and you're naturally getting that variety as you go along.
2: Yeah, and we just love it. I know we talk a lot about our farmer's markets, but they honestly, it has been so much fun for us, and I'm so excited to one day have children, mother and father, um, and, and <laughs> to take them along to that, because we've got so much joy out of discovering what comes into season. Like, we were there this week, uh, sorry, week just gone, and persimmons have just come into season, and we'd never had persimmons before, and now we've eaten, we love them. If you can get your hands on some they're amazing but I was amazed to discover that in my mind I had remembered that at the same time as persimmons were out so were sapotes which was that fruit I was talking about before that I used to make that avocado cocoa um, chocolate mousse Um, and so I asked the guy oh are sapotes in season he said yes they should be but we had visitors come around the other day and they nicked down the back and said they were going to the compost heap and went and pinched all my my uh Um, ripe sapotes off the tree and ate them so I would have brought them to market but I couldn't because they'd been eaten but that was really cool for me to realize that my brain actually did remember what was in season with what whereas previously I could not have told you what was a winter vegetable
1: or a a, you know a winter fruit or a summer fruit I had no idea yeah and the nutrient quality of food in In season is going to be so much better like it hasn't been sitting in cold storage for months and it hasn't died Essentially, yeah, right?
2: Absolutely. It's yeah. still got what Damien calls uh, NQ, natural intelligence. Yeah. Natural intelligence? <gasps> I think so. Nutritional intelligence? Nutritional.
0: I was thinking nutritional, but it oh, could be, I'm not sure yeah, which one it is now. Yeah. Um, it's got vitality. The, the other thing, the thing that I'm really passionate about in terms of cleaning out the pantry is actually getting rid of all the plastic in your pantry. Yeah. Because so much of our stuff is either comes in store-bought plastic containers, or is then transferred into plastic, you know Tupperware. I shouldn't use brand names, Tupperware or, or other containers <laughs> of that nature, um, or it's even in tins that are lined with plastic on the inside. And and what we now know about those plastics is that a lot of those plastics contain BPA. Uh, we've heard a lot more about that recently. Bisphenol A, I think it's called, and. Um, and, and that has a whole range of adverse health effects but particularly the leaching of, of those estrogenic compounds into the body which we spoke a whole lot in our other episodes, particularly the soy episode about the role of estrogen and how that can throw out your hormones and how that can have all sorts of effects on your body and on your health. So you want to be really thinking about which, you know, what sort of containers you're using. And you know even I think a lot of the containers that we've now got, we've now got the BPA-free containers – Um, But we still don't really know that they're healthy for us. You know, it took so long for us to figure out this BPA stuff was bad for it. Now we've replaced it with a separate petrochemical-based plastic substance, which now supposedly is good for us. I think we'd be a lot better off just transferring to glass um, or perhaps even to ceramics, which are much more inert substances. I think you can much more safely store all your goods in there for long periods of time, if need be, for some of those things that you're going to store for a bit longer. Um, Yeah, and
1: I know I just take... You know, coconut oil, I always buy it in a glass jar. So yeah. you can just start keeping those glass jars. And there's all sorts of other things that just come in glass jars and just save them. You know, yeah, even yeah. even maple syrup, Those, uh, if you're going to buy maple syrup, they're almost always in a glass jar. And you can use that to mix up some salad dressing or, yeah. you know, something else. Yeah. It's just... Plus, when it's glass, it's clear, which means you can see what's in it, and so often, yeah, (laughs) often you don't waste as much food. Like I even store stuff in my fridge in glass, so if I have extra coconut milk or something, I put it in glass, and you can just see that you have it. So you're cycling through your food a lot quicker as well. That's a really
2: good point, Steph. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Um, another thing that you want to be doing is eating whole food, which, you know, we've talked about a lot in previous episodes, but the reason that we suggest eating whole food is so that you're getting, again, back to that nutrient thing, getting as many nutrients as possible. So eating the organ meats, which might be tricky for some people to, to come at, um, But if you can, it's definitely worth trying. And you know, the beauty of organ meats I've found is that because not many of us eat them, they're actually really cheap. So you can experiment, have a go, see what you can do with it. If you don't like it, at least you've given it a try. Um, But we do liver and um, onions and mushrooms, and that's actually really nice. We found you had to cut it pretty fine and cook it pretty quickly, but you, look you can I know this is this is not pantry stuff obviously you're not going to be storing a liver in the pantry <laughs>
0: um
2: but it's getting back to that eating the whole food and eating the marrow and the flesh and the fat and well
1: yeah and even just buying your food still on the bone and still with the skin on it too like yeah. you don't just have to have boneless skinless chicken breasts like you can eat a nice chicken thigh with the skin still on it and you do get the nutrients from the bones why do you think they get you to make soup out of the bones that's, it's right. that's where all the flavor is that's yeah right.
0: so flavorful and it's like the easiest most poor version of the fruit too isn't it like how easy is it to take an avocado with you right yeah it's so easy it's got its own little case it's you know nicely protected it's not going to go anywhere it's not going to smear anywhere it's not going to make a mess you can just grab it and go And the same with a lot of your fruits and vegetables. You can take an apple with you, you can take a carrot with you. You know, stuff that's just simple, easy to store, easy to take with you on the run.
1: And it means you're getting all of the fiber and the nutrients and even the bacteria from those foods that that do contribute to greater health.
2: Yeah, and you know, that bacteria one, I keep coming back to it, but to me it makes sense that if there's bacteria on it, it's because they can use that food. So it would make sense to me that I would also want that bacteria at least on my skin, if not in my GIT system, so that I can digest the same food.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the other thing that we find important for us, obviously, we've got two little kids, and so we find it really important that some of our stuff we want to pre-prepare. So yeah. so we want to get ready, you know, earlier on in the week. So we've got stuff in our pantry and in our fridge that we might have cooked on the weekend, or or even some of it, you know, in terms of, you know, we do some lots of dehydrated foods. So we might have sweet potato chips. We might have... Um, Beef jerky. Beef jerky, which, Yana, uh, Yana, Steph just made some beef jerky, which I wish is I had. awesome, <laughs> which is really good. So Steph, maybe you can give the recipe for your beef jerky quickly because it's so good.
1: Oh, it was so good. It was just um from the Make It Paleo cookbook. There's a recipe for an Asian steak salad, yeah. I think, and I just used the marinade from that. Uh, and sliced up my beef and then dehydrated it. I couldn't tell
0: you the and it had like different. coconut aminos and chilies. Oh yeah, yeah. So
1: it was coconut aminos, uh, fish sauce. I don't think there was chilies in it, but there was garlic and ginger, possibly something else. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, other things that we'll make, because usually what we do is we go on the weekend, we make up the kids' lunch boxes for the week because, you know, with the kids, it's kind of mayhem in the morning, getting the kids ready, getting them off to kindy, getting them organized. So, you know, we'll make up nut bars on the weekend, which will just be like nuts and uh, dates and those sort of things. Um, you know, we'll make up muffins on the weekend. Like, I'll just get out the muffin trays and make up a whole tray or a couple of trays of egg egg muffins. So, they're often just like bacon and eggs and... Chuck in a whole bunch of veggies, cook them up so that they're all just ready to go into the lunch boxes during the week. Um, because obviously eggs are great to be able to do for the lunch boxes because you know, you want to get a good source of fat and protein in there, and so many of the kidneys now you can't do the nuts. So stuff like the egg muffins are really good for that. Um, but even just, you know, almond milk. Like we'll make up our almond milk like a, a litre or two in advance and have that there so that You know, if you just want to have some milk on something or you just want to have, you know, a smoothie or whatever, it's just there and ready to go. So it's that little bit of preparation of having those few resources in your pantry to make it really easy for yourself.
1: Yeah, and my whole philosophy is just to make everything as easy as possible. Like, we did talk about diverse foods, but you don't need to be eating persimmons and all of these crazy things. You can just eat your basic food, and it also doesn't have to be expensive. Like, everyone says, oh, well, you're eating all this meat, like, it must, and all this organic produce it must be really expensive but you and I both know that you can buy expensive stuff and you can buy less expensive stuff I've talked before about boneless skinless chicken breasts. well that's probably the most expensive thing you can buy yeah. so you can stick with your drumsticks and Absolutely. your chicken thighs and yeah
0: and, you know, I could guarantee you that if Steph came in and did one of her pantry visits, which we'll talk about in a sec, and looked at your pantry, that she's going to find stuff in there that you're spending money on that you could easily save money on. You know, I mean, the easiest one I always start with with people is their, their drinks, right? And I say, well, okay, what drinks have you got in here? And they say, well, look, I've got some juice, I've got some soft drink, I've got some, you know, all this sort of stuff. I say, well, okay, if you were to cut out all of those things and replace them with water, how much money would you save? You know, and often that's a pretty significant amount of money. And I said, well, okay, if you then took that amount of money and spent that on getting organic rather than traditional produce, then, you know, you'd still be well ahead. You know, it's often just such simple things you can do. And... I find often you're not actually spending a whole lot more money, if any, more money.
2: Yeah, I've actually found it to be cheaper the way that we shop now because everything that's in season is cheaper than stuff that's not in season. If you try and get out of season vegetables, you're going to be paying a premium price for them. And in addition, like I said, you know the cuts of meat that aren't currently uh, fashionable because they're they're um, high in fat, they tend to be the cheaper cuts of meat. So look, we we eat. We have some really nice cuts of meat. But most of the time, we're having the stuff that nobody really wants because they don't know what to do with it. And, and you just learn and how Not
1: to, to mention, you can buy a bag of soup bones for $3. That's right. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> much better for you.
0: Yeah, and soup. even cuts of meat like kangaroo, which is so much yeah. cheaper here. You know, the, those cuts that perhaps... You know, not long ago, people thought of kangaroo meat as like dog food. They were like, oh, we don't eat that. We can give it to the dog. Whereas, and it was so cheap. It's gotten a little bit more expensive now, but it's still so much well, cheaper. Well, and
1: how much more expensive is it when you're buying a six dollar box of cereal that makes you hungry two hours later so yeah, really that's right. you're actually eating far less yeah. and getting that nutrient right.
0: so look we've only got a couple of minutes left so we're gonna have to get on to some strategies for cleaning out the cupboard and okay. so Steph look you're the wellness expert you're the wellness coach you're the guru and this stuff okay. tell us some strategies for for cleaning out the cupboard and getting rid of stuff
1: well look we've already talked about a few of them and I really think the most important one is to just commit to it yeah. so like Brett said Beat out your laziness and your willpower and just get rid of the stuff. Like really what you've listened to 10 episodes from us now, nice. I think you probably have a pretty good idea and you might've developed some strategies in your head, but just get rid of it because you won't eat it if it's not there. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And then the other thing is when you're shopping, I mean, like Yana says, she doesn't even shop at stores anymore, but it is important to look at the labels because I find once you start looking at the labels, the food becomes less appetizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so interesting? even really like food that. that, you know, I used to love, I've looked at the label now and like, I, I have a terrible gag reflex and I just like, <laughs> I honestly gag at some of the foods that I used to eat. And like I said, even my sultanas had vegetable oil on them and I'm kind of going, oh, like really? Can't you just put some grapes in the sun? We're in Australia. <laughs> like, do you really have to put it anyway? So, you know, obviously avoiding the labels is the best, but um but reading them is really important as well and then there are some really good staples to just have in your pantry at all times and we again we've touched on a lot of these so coconut oil is the basis for a lot of my meals yeah. <laughs> um you can make pretty much everything with it you should. Uh, <laughs> and we've talked about that in a lot of our previous episodes and I'm sure we'll continue to talk about that um but again your pastured meats I know my freezer is just full of meat and my fridge is full of vegetables so you can make pretty much any meal with any combination of meat and vegetables mm-hmm. and it's wonderful and um eggs another major one because yeah. they're just so easy so, so versatile <laughs> yep yeah. yeah. We go through stacks as well. And nuts as well. Like nuts are a, should be a small proportion of your diet, but man are they a great like if you're going to have a snack, aren't they are awesome snack food. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and there are a couple really other easy things to do as well. Like I've talked about my garden and there are tons of delivery services out there that can deliver you fresh produce and um it really this is meant to be an easy thing for you. It's not meant to be something that you have to struggle with. And like Brett said, I do home visits as well. So if you are struggling with cleaning out your pantry, give me a call because I can help. Nice.
0: Do you do this on Skype too? Can you like show the webcam into the pantry? Yeah, I
1: don't see why not. I don't see why, why not. am just. But I warn you, if you do it on Skype, you are going to have to read me all of the ingredients <laughs> in your produce. So. Right. Right. And so, you're not allowed to
2: just hide the piece of article of food that Steph wants you to throw out just off screen and pretend
1: you've chucked it. Yeah. It has to go. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, look, guys. I hope that we gave you lots of strategies today, and we definitely had a lot of fun with this episode because it's something we've all been through, and something yeah. that we're going to. keep keep going through yeah um, it's a journey yeah it's definitely a journey as we'll talk about in our next, next episode so until it. next week check us out on facebook share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide
0: this has been a production of the wellness check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives hi this is dr lawrence here co-founder and co-host of the wellness guy show well it's been electric since our very first wellness summit has now finally come to a close on the go coast and the wellness community wants more that's right well get ready because our next summit is actually going to be coming to melbourne australia and we will love you to come too as well the Wellness guys will be there plus the upper chat girls cindy O'Mara, kim morrison and karen smith and some super special guests as well we'll, we'll be announcing very shortly it will be 10 hours of powerhouse wellness that you don't want to miss so simply go to thewellnesssummit.com see you there